Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, this is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Kate Borsay. We've now seen all 32 teams in action at this World Cup. Today, Norway and Switzerland played out a goalless draw. Debutants Philippines upset co-hosts New Zealand and young stars shone in Colombia's win over South Korea. You'll see later what that means for our ones to watch predictions game. Hang on until the end of the show. No fast forwarding. Joining me for today's edition is Lindsay Hooper. Hello. Hello, Kate. And the WSL striker and former lioness, Natasha Dowie. Hi, Tash. Nice to see you guys again. We've seen all teams in action so far. Have you got a favourite, I wonder, Natasha? Most definitely. For me, it's Germany. They were just on fire the other night and especially Pop. You know, I said she would shine this tournament and she has. Yeah, I'm just all for her. I think the Euros would have been a different story if she had been fit for the final and She's just the complete centre forward. She really is. She's just an absolute beast in the air. Her goals were so important the other day, but it's not just her goal scoring. It's her hold up play. It's the way that she leads the team and Germany look frightening. Your words, Tash, were she will fly. And that was music to my ears. (laughs) She did fly. Um, Can I chip in, though, and say Brazil? I I think I'd chosen them as my dark horses, even though I think that was a strange tag to put on them, because obviously we know what we expect from Brazilian footballing sides. But the way they use their flanks, I just thought that their build-up and their approach to getting the ball in the box was just brilliant. So these newer players coming through, they're exciting. They caught my eye. Yeah, Mm. definitely. Definitely. You've both chosen uh, the teams who've notched up the most goals so far Mm -hmm. at this World Cup. Uh, There's another record, by the way, that's been broken. This edition of the World Cup is set to be the most attended tournament yet. So more than one and a half million tickets have been sold just, well, just days into the start of it. It beats the previous record set in Canada in 2015, uh, 1.35 million spectators through the gates at that one. The records are tumbling ahoy. Let us know if you have a team that surprised you or maybe your favourite team hasn't changed from where you were at the start of the tournament. You can get in touch with us at Offside Rule Pod uh, using the hashtag OffsideWC. You can even send us a zeet. Do you know what that is, Lindsay? No, I nearly picked you up on that. And then I thought, oh, a zeet. And is is it because Elon Musk has done something with X now and now yes. it won't be Elon Musk has rebranded Twitter mm. X. So you can zeet us. All right, mm. everyone on board with that? Uh, don't forget to rate follow and subscribe that has remained the same by the way Uh, wherever you get your podcast jump on in and give us a a rate and a review please let's start then shall we with Norway against Switzerland well after a nil-nil draw with Switzerland Norway a bottom of their group and on their worst run without a win since 2017 before we get into the action it was all the kerfuffle before the game really and I say kerfuffle that's being quite kind I think I want to call it a bit bizarre Natasha Dowie should we start with the Arda Hegerberg moment so she was on for the warm-up she was there right before kickoff she was in the huddle And then she was gone. She was off down the tunnel. Such an unusual move. What on earth happened? Do we know? 
Yeah, we've been seeing different videos. You know, there was one where she was in the huddle with the team about to get going. And then all of a sudden you see the physio tap her on the shoulder and she just walks away and you can see all her teammates looking around like what is going on? Like our star player is walking off the pitch. And actually at the start, you could see her walking down the tunnel. And I thought, is she going to the toilet? You know, what's going on? I was kind of wondering what's happening. And then I was confused because I actually thought then she was on the pitch and it's only till they zoomed in on the new forward who looks quite similar to her that I realized that Hegerberg wasn't on the pitch. So I do not know what has gone on there. There's rumors that she felt it in the last sprint. It was her groin. But I think there's more to this. I really do. I think there's more to her story. And I also think there's more to the Graham Hansen and also Engen not starting as well. I heard rumors that they spoke out about the coach's tactics last game and that how they didn't agree with it. So then there was rumors that they've got dropped because of that. There was also rumors saying that Graham Hansen was ill. So obviously that's why she came on later on in the game and changed the game, by the way. So I would love to be a fly in the wall of this Norway camp right now. But lucky for them, they got a point because if, if they had lost this game today, I think these stories would have been blown up even more. Yeah, there would have been a huge spotlight on Hega Risa. There already is, but they got away with it. I mean, it's a shame because they could have notched up some vital points, really. Lindsay, we were chatting during the game. Your psychoanalytics antennae's been wagging. You know something's up here, don't you? <laughs> you had something to say about the huddle as well. What do you make of it? Also known as being a conspiracy theorist. And I've also, I've been trying to stir the pot with Tash as well to try and get to the bottom of it. Tash is nodding along. Um, I have, I've been, I've been trying my best. I feel like there is something more to this. And I do think that they will go with the line of the groin, but it will be interesting to see what happens next match. I think there probably has been a case of players being outspoken in the dressing room and who could blame them after that first result. And the thing with Arda Hegerberg, and when you look at that clip, if anyone's seen it on social media of the huddle, I, I know that since 71, some of our friends who, who run that site have put a, a video up, uh, one that Tash put in the group earlier on. When you look at that and the way that she walks away from the huddle, it's their faces, it's their reactions. Yeah, because she doesn't look surprised, does she? But no. Guru Wrighton, someone make a gif of that girl because her face... <laughs> You know when you get the gifts with like someone going, what? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly just, what her they expression were just was. unaware. And surely going into a World Cup match, one where you need valuable points, you want your players to know who they're going to be playing with. So even if this was a really late call at the end of the warm-up, you would relay that to the rest of the team so that they're not in the huddle wondering what's going on. Yeah, they did look a bit disjointed at the start. Can I just ask you quickly about Hego Rise? Because there were some interesting comments from the TV comms team, weren't there, Tash, from Frank Kirby and Kim Little, sort of insinuating that she had quite a different managerial style, is what they said. She was very quiet. She allowed her assistant to do most of the talking. You've got experience with one of the Norway assistants, haven't you, at this World Cup? She was your manager at Volarenga. Yes, correct, Monica. I mean, I actually had a really good relationship with Monica. However, she was quite a laid-back, quiet manager herself when I worked under her. And from what I've heard, it's the same for the Norwegian manager, Egerisa. I think that, yes, her criteria as a player, phenomenal, what she achieved in the game. I think she had a great managerial spell at LSK. However, questionable 
on the international stage. And and by the sounds of it, listening to Frank Kirby and Kim Little, they weren't too impressed with her managerial kind of demeanour at the Olympics as well. Reading um, between from, the lines, folks, yeah, by the way. They but, didn't actually the, come out and say that. But <laughs> and the th- but the thing for me is as well, look, you can have different styles of managers. I've worked with managers that have done meditation, you know, before games and, and that kind of Scandinavian style is a little bit odd sometimes. However, if she has dropped... Graham Hansen and Engen today, two Barcelona stars. She's got to have something a bit about her because her job's on the line right now. And to leave out your two best players is a massive, massive call. I, th- I still think the whole writing in midfield to me blows my mind and I can't wrap my head around why she is still playing in that 10 role. Yeah, she didn't look comfortable there at all, did she really today? No. I did say, didn't I? I'm not convinced about Risa as a coach. Um, I said it a few episodes ago. And I, I sometimes think as well, Kate, that a glance, a look can speak more volumes than anything that Fran and Kim Little said. It was a glance between them in the studio. When you when you know as well that Fran's got teammates in, in the Norway squad, she knows Marin Mjelder and Goro Wrighton. They're going to know more than what they're letting on. And I thought they were both being diplomatic. And if that was the diplomatic answer, I would be a bit worried if I was a Norway fan, if if they got a clip of that. Yeah. What did I say about your psychoanalytics antennae, Lindsay? It's an overdrive at the moment. Hegarisa. Yeah. Hegarisa, an odd personality to be so quiet amongst her team, but then to make such strong decisions behind the scenes. She's a stealth operator. That's what I've decided. Let's go into the match now then and turn our attentions to what happened on the field. So Hegerberg didn't start. Norway were nervous to begin with, but they found their feet throughout it. Uh, possession almost 50-50. Norway had more shots than Switzerland in the end, Tash. What do you make of it? I think it was a better performance, however, still not great. I think it was a bit of a stalemate. I think it looked edgy today. I think both teams looked quite nervy. I was actually quite impressed with their centre forward who actually came in for Hegerberg, Hawk, who plays at uh, ASE Roma. I think that she looked a threat, um, mm. got on the end of some good balls and was a handful at times. But for me still, I know I keep harping on about it, to have one of the best wide players in the women's game playing in midfield, if they really want to progress in this World Cup, that position has to change. You have to get Guru right in on the wing. And for me as well, Yamanam, she's underwhelmed for me so far. She's been probably Arsenal's best player this season and one of the stars in the WSL and in both games has really gone missing. So I think they need to be getting more out of their big players. But it was a better performance and a good point against a Swiss team who are obviously sitting top of the group. Yeah, it was unfortunate that Switzerland didn't go for this. I think they could have got Norway by the neck and given them a little bit of a throttle here. And they didn't because they knew a point for them would be enough. And for the likes of the Philippines, who we'll get on to later, it's a real shame because I think I think they could have got another 1-0 victory in this game. As much as Norway were better than they were in the previous match and they'd grown into it, I still think that they showed some some weaknesses. And I, and I felt that Ramona Backman on occasions made the wrong decision when Switzerland were in really good advantageous positions. I mean, she's a lovely player to watch, but maybe going back to her time at Chelsea, actually, I was thinking sometimes it's that decision-making of someone else, a teammate being in a better position and looking out for them, whereas she's, she's quite quick 
quick to shoot sometimes. So yeah, I, I think overall, Switzerland will be delighted with that point. And for Norway, it's a lifeline because we would expect that they will beat the Philippines. But then that's a shame overall when you look at the group and what, what a drab start they've had. Mm, well, Switzerland play New Zealand next. And as you say, Linz, Norway face the Philippines. Those other two teams in Group A also met on Tuesday. This is Tash Dowie. Join us for the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. World Cup newbies, the Philippines, shocked co-host New Zealand with a 1-0 win. Serena Bolden scored her country's first ever Women's World Cup goal. New Zealand came close to an equaliser, though. They really, really pressed towards the end of the game. Uh, Jackie Han's header was ruled offside, though, and she hit the post. Uh, Let's hear from Philippines journalist Ryan Phoenix in Wellington. Ryan, what a historic moment for the country. The first win on a global stage. You're the first debutante team at this World Cup to win a game. What does it mean for the country? And tell me how that reverberated around the stadium. What was it like in Wellington there for you today? Well, it's simply incredible. Uh, I mean, I just can't put into words what this means for the country and the team. Of course, you know, Philippines, obviously not a football country by any stretch of the imagination. We're we're really basketball-loving people. Uh, And, you know, Philippines maybe for Manny Pacquiao as well. So it's not really about football. But to have come this way, this far, and uh, get the first ever goal and first ever three points just means the world to not just the fans but also the players as well. In Wellington, obviously the home ground of uh, New Zealand, you expect a lot of uh, Kiwis uh, being vocal and, and supporting the team. But you know what? The Filipino crowd did not disappoint. I mean, they were just really there and giving encouragement to the team. And I had a chance to talk to these uh, players, to some of our players after uh, the match, and they were one in saying that, you know, we can hear the Filipinos in the crowd. Uh, as a matter of fact, a small anecdote, uh, Captain Haley Long she says, you know, maybe jokingly or maybe not, um, she can't hear the coach, Alan Stadjic, but she can hear the crowd. So, I mean, that's how loud the Filipinos were on the stands. Ryan, can you, for our listeners who don't know this backstory, just tell us about how this squad was assembled? I understand that there were trials to try and get into the national team. It just feels incredible now that we know that they have gone on to get this victory and score a goal. Well, so prior to the AFC Asian Cup, which served as a qualifying for the, the World Cup proper, uh, the Filipinas had a training camp in the States. Uh, as you know, the Filipino population, the modern-day Filipino, is comprised of uh, basically Filipinos from all over the world. Filipinos in the U.S. comprise most of the team because I think they, many of them picked up the sport when they were playing in the U.S. college system. They provided the core for the players. And um, because uh, of the success and recruitment as well, a lot of players who uh, joined the team uh, eventually, and I think that was uh, important in giving depth now and more choices for squad selection for the coaching staff. Ryan, you've got to tell us more about Serena Bolden, uh, who scored the goal today. She was popping up all over the place. Just uh, for those people who don't know a lot about her background, tell us more. Yeah, Serena Bolden, uh, she is the emotional leader of the team. Um, if you watch her play, you hear her play, she she is very vocal on the field and 
probably off the field as well. She is the one really that uh, inspires, maybe through her, uh, she's not a captain, but she inspires through her hard work up top. I think to say that she is the talisman is not just not giving credit enough to her, her teammates, but she is the one actually that bangs in the goals. And uh, I think that uh, she moved from the, the Japan Wii League to Western Sydney Wanderers in the January of this year. And she gained more playing time. And I think it served her in good stead now coming to the World Cup. Ryan, just a quick one. Um, I've got an old teammate, Angie Beard, who I used to play with at Melbourne Victory in Australia. She's obviously debuting for the Philippines. And I was speaking to her just before the tournament and just saying how grateful they are to be there and how the vibes are so great. Obviously, they've blown the group wide open now. How far do you actually think they can go now after this result? There's been this saying like uh, through the team that uh, you don't want to put a ceiling as to how far this team can go. And I think uh, this result shows that however improbable the underdogs are, and we are obviously the underdog in this group, you don't want to put a cap on how far we can go. Obviously, Norway is a totally different animal. But then New Zealand beat Norway, and then we beat New Zealand. So, I mean, if that's how you want to put it. But it's it's a difficult, difficult task ahead. But I think today is such a monumental day for the Philippines. I mean... I mean, it's just so difficult to quantify, to put into words, like how much this means to the players, to the team, to the country. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a huge pleasure to have you on. Ryan Phoenix, uh, who's in Wellington after that game. Thank you for having me. So New Zealand had 69% possession, 16 shots to Philippines four, seven corners. And listener Sue's been in touch. She was watching it over there. And she said, actually, she thought New Zealand were the far better team. And Philippines were very lucky, Lindsay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we all like that story, but I do think that they're fortunate. I think nine of 10 other matches, they they go on and lose that game. So they need to cling on. And that's what they did. Um, and I think it put a lot of their fans through, through the ringer, didn't it, from 60 odd minutes to try and hold on. What I wanted to say, and it's not just because I picked Hannah Wilkinson <laughs> for my one to watch. It is there, point. isn't it? It is a little bit playing into it because I feel robbed. I mean, she must feel robbed. That offside decision, was it her finger that was offside? It was the shoulder. Oh. Yeah, they showed a clip and it was literally the shoulder. Because at the time it looked very tight, but I thought watching it, it looked on. And it was brilliant play as well. Yes. So, so, so close. But going on to that, I think I think your points are valid. However, I was actually really disappointed with the way New Zealand started the game. And I actually think that's what's lost them the game today. I think that they're obviously on a massive high from the first game. Maybe a little bit too much celebrating. I don't know. Thinking, oh, we're going to play the Philippines now. A lot of talk has been you know, about not New Zealand at this stage. Well, if you look at all the talk, it's been about New Zealand going to be qualifying. You know, the first time in their history is or it's almost like the game had already been won today. And I think that the way they started it, they were sloppy. They they didn't have that same intensity that they had in the opening game, and the Philippines punished them on that. And then, yes, as the game grew on, they definitely dominated the game and were very unlucky. However, sometimes that's too little, too late. So I think that's a lesson they need to learn for the final group game. They need to start the game much better. They saw their names in lights, Tash, before it had even they happened. Did. Oh, my God. Well, well, look, that is then a basic management error, isn't it? Because you cannot let your players 
get into that situation. Um, I love the crazy finish. So for me, New Zealand really pushed, didn't they, in the second half. But of course, as the minutes ticked down, uh, the pressure was on and there was a kind of a huge amount of flurry at the end of the game is how I'd describe it. The Philippines striker, Carly Friel's got the ball into the net from, from an offside position. New Zealand's Grace Jail foiled from close range. There'd been that Hannah Wilkinson one before. How so, about yeah, Olivia quick. McDaniel? That save. Yeah, really good. Oh. Really big save from her in stoppage time as well, the Philippines keeper. I loved Ali Riley's rainbow nails. They were out in operation again, weren't they? On display, one hand with the rainbow flag. The other hand has got the colours of the trans flag. Like it very much. Um, So New Zealand plays Switzerland in their final game of the group. Philippines play Norway. Tash, can New Zealand go through from the group stages now? Ooh, putting me on the spot there. If it's the New Zealand that is performed in the first game, then yes. If it's the New Zealand in the second game, no. So, you know, and I you think keep this peddling is away, Natasha Dowie. Go yeah, on. That do, is an unsatisfactory this is, answer. <laughs> this has been what's so great about this World Cup, though, isn't it? That, you know, the shock results. This is what I love to see. You know, all these results happening. I think it just makes the game so much more exciting. No, I don't think New Zealand will progress. Very oh, good. Oh, she went I, there. She yeah, went in. She did. She very defiantly did. Next up, a game for the youngsters. You're listening to the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports with Lindsay Hooper and Kate Borsay. Okay, well, Colombia capitalised on mistakes in defence from the Korea Republic to bag a 2-0 win in their opening World Cup game in Sydney. Catalina Uzme scored a penalty after a handball from Shim and Linda Casado made it two with a long-range strike that went through the hands of the Korean keeper Yoon Young-gul. I've made it in terms of my predictions game, but I'll get onto that a little bit later on. Sorry, I just was just too excited. I needed to get it out there. Well, it was a slow start. Yeah, all right. Uh, should we talk about Linda Casado though? 18 years old. She's become the second youngest player ever to score at a Women's World Cup. And she sprung a really, well, I don't know whether she did spring a surprise, Tash, but she certainly arrived at this World Cup. Oh, what a story. And this is what we love. She was one of the youngsters to watch I mean, if no one knows her story, then they need to know her story. 18 years old, plays for Real Madrid, actually got diagnosed with ovarian cancer at 15 years old. And so three years on now is playing in a senior World Cup and has actually in the past year played in three World Cups for the under 17s, under 20s and now the seniors. So what a story that is for me. And, you know, she is going to be a star for the future. And we just love to hear stories like this. Yeah, certainly do. It's Colombia's second ever Women's World Cup win. They actually narrowly missed out on hosting the tournament, losing out, of course, to Australia and New Zealand. And actually, Colombia could have had another. They looked great in this game, Lindsay. They came close to extending their lead after half time when Mera Ramirez headed just wide. Comments for you on Colombia or Korea Republic? What did you make of them? Well, Colombia were exactly as I expected in terms of their confidence. I think they mm. look like a team that would take on anyone right now. And that's that's credit to the last 12 months that they've had. And they are a team that I think have evolved and are now set at a different level in world football to what they were previously. So I'm going to go on record and say that. But Career Republic, it was disappointing. I've been raving about their midfield. I mean, G is one of my favourite players of all time. He used to play at Chelsea. And you look at some of the WSL contingent they've got in that team. Uh, Cho, who was at Spurs until recently. Uh, Brighton's League One win, um, who's up front. Nothing seemed to work for them. And I actually felt at times like they were playing like they hadn't played together. 
and and that was an unusual feeling from this career republic team that you've seen before and and often a very technically gifted I don't know I I was disappointed I, I suppose as well the thing that always comes up when you talk about nations like this Tash that are more ball playing and also smaller is that when they come up against a, a team that's a bit more physical you just think well okay they're, they're probably going to lose the set piece battles and I and I think they did in this one yeah and I think their manager Colin Bell actually stated after the game that he questions the fitness levels of his players and his squad and I think that he's calling on that league obviously for career republic in the league over there now it needs to improve you know the the standard needs to improve the physicality does because when they do come onto the world stage in these tournaments, I think that kind of physical side is where they always struggle. So I think you're correct there. From my perspective, defensive errors, it sounds so obvious, but they really cost Korea Republic today. They gave Caicedo, for example, way too much space. One little highlight for them, though, uh, Casey Fair became the youngest ever player at a Women's World Cup, 16-year-old Katie Fair for Korea Republic. Uh, again, a fantastic... I mean, can you imagine? How old were you when you made your England debut, Tash? I was 18, so yeah, Still she young. beats me. Uh, it yeah. was, was just 16, though, to be playing on this world stage in front of these type of crowds. It'll be a huge learning experience for her and one that I'm sure will aid her in the future. Well, Colombia, back to them. They've really boosted their chances of qualifying from Group H. Next up, they play Germany and Korea Republic play Morocco. Well, that's all three games. Listeners, let us know your thoughts on those matches using the hashtag OffsideWC and the handle at OffsideRulePod. Uh, We also love it. It really makes a difference when you rate, follow and subscribe. So please show your loyalty. We really appreciate it. Next up, we're going to catch up with the Irish journalist Ruby Malone ahead of Ireland's game against Canada on Wednesday. Welcome back to the podcast, Ruby. Let's get straight into Ireland taking on Canada on Wednesday. That's 1pm UK time. After the result of that opening game against Australia, do you feel there's a little bit more pressure applied for this one? I think we always expected the the game against Australia probably to be a loss anyway. The performance was incredible. It ended up the, the team being quite disappointed with the loss. But I think, to be honest, it was always expected to be going into this game where it was likely we may not not have any points on the board. I think the team will be going in confident, um, to be honest, after the result or after the performance against Australia and how we played in that first half and then even just the second half, the, the how we were attacking. I think this game as well, there's less of an attack, attacking threat from Canada than what we saw from Australia. So I think the team will be much more confident going into it. We saw in the second half of the Australia game, the set pieces were really, really crucial. And if we can get a good lot of set pieces in this game, I think we have a good chance of getting a result on the board. And Canada themselves, they only got a nil-nil draw against Nigeria. So what have the Ireland team been saying about their next opponents? I think it was uh, Rusha who said that it's uh, it's now wide open. That's kind of blasted the the group wide open, which is true. That that draw was amazing, especially nil nil, no goals uh, for either team, which is a brilliant result for Ireland. I think that will just add to the confidence. And I imagine it's a game where you've just got to throw everything at it. Do you think that Vera Pau will uh, be tempted to make some some changes? I don't think she's going to make any changes. Everyone agrees on it from the Ireland side. We all see that it's not likely. Um, Vera Powell tends to be very risk averse. And the fact that the team defended so well in that first half against Australia will really make her th- think that they should stick with the same starting lineup. 
then what I will say is that second half, after Abby Larkin came on, the difference she made, her energy coming off the bench. So actually on our team, um, after the Australia game, game, Megan Campbell was one of the pundits and she had said that she thinks Abby Larkin should start the game against Canada. But I personally don't think Vera Pau is going to make that change. I think it'll be the same starting lineup. But I think what would be good is if we could be more, a little bit less risk averse in the first half than we were against Australia. Uh, the team, they can be they can afford to do that as well, I think, because there's less of an attacking threat from Canada. Not that there isn't an attacking threat. Of course, there is, but less so than against Australia. So if they can really try and get the the, uh, the wing backs up, the wingers up, so Katie McCabe and Heather Payne, get them up the pitch a bit more in that um, earlier on, because we did it. They did it more in the second half against Australia but if they can do that earlier on that'd be great and then if Abby Larkin can come on and um, also I'd quite like to see Amber Barrett on at some point but we'll we'll see because obviously she she didn't make it in the Australia game. Well we look forward to seeing how those tactical battles unfold on the day. Ruby Malone thank you very much. up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, world-class boxing, international cricket and more. Remember, you don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. All right, time for our ones to watch game, she says, rubbing her hands together, but not really because it'll mess up the microphone. Um, Here's producer Sophie to explain the rules. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports, ones to watch. The game where you predict tomorrow's top player. So pick a player and let's get started. You'll get two points for a goal, it's one point for an assist and one point for a clean sheet if you're a defender. And if you pick a goalkeeper, it's two points for a clean sheet and three points for a penalty save. Oh, and minus one for a red card. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament. There'll be a pundits team, a producers team and, of course, a listeners team. So keep your scores at home and let us know how you're getting on. Let's play. So the scores right now are, and these are the proper scores. We I need promise. VAR. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, Lindsay messed them up the other day. Apparently, I messed them up yesterday. So this is, this is the actual tally. Yeah, everyone. And I'm, I'm I'm feeling pretty pleased about announcing these. So apologies for the previous errors. The producers are still winning on eight points. Kate, me, I've moved up to second place with six, thanks to picking Linda Casido. Lindsay, you're on five. Nothing from Hannah Wilkinson, your Should pick yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And the pundits are still on two. No <gasps> thanks to Caroline Graham Hansen. What is your message, Natasha Dowie? Two, Tash, two. Jane Flaherty. Moore. Jane Moore and Julie Flaherty, you need to up your games here. But I'm hoping my player tomorrow is going to bring us some points. <laughs> All right. Well, look, on Wednesday, Canada play Ireland, as we discussed. Spain plays Zambia and Japan, who got five goals in the first round, played Costa Rica. Uh, producer Sophie, by the way, well, I'll do her in a minute because it's the same as mine. Uh, Natasha, how, how are you going to redeem yourself? Who have you gone for? I'm redeeming myself with Mina Tanaka, the Japanese forward. She scored three goals in the first game. Two were disallowed, but one counted. So she's a goal scorer. Pretty much every chance she had, she scored. 
I remember playing against her in the Champions League when I played over in Australia and she scored a hat-trick against us. So she's going to come up goods tomorrow. She's going to get me some goals. Oh, my goodness. Um, <sighs> I've gone for Mina Tanaka and so's producer Sophie. No. I hate towing the line. <laughs> and I'm almost tempted to say, do I go for Japan's goalkeeper, Ayaka Yamashita? Do but it. I think, I think Costa Rica are going are to perhaps give her a tougher test. Um, I'm going to stick with Mina Tanaka. I can't afford to lose the good run that I'm having, everyone. Oh, there should be a rule that three of you can't have the same one. I mean, I could have gone Mina Tanaka. She was on my list as well, but I'm going to change mine. Oh. Come on, Kate, go for the goalkeeper. I, I actually no, think- no, absolutely not. Because the thing is, a few days ago, you would have absolutely got to me with that argument, but I tasted a winning mentality. I've tasted okay. victory now and I'm not going to let it go. Oh, apparently producer Sophie said it's fine. Okay. Well, I'm now torn between Yamashita because I actually think that going for a goalkeeper in our game and the way that we score is probably sensible. However, I loved Endo in that first match for Japan. I'm going to pile in on her and put all of my eggs in the Endo basket. There we go. All right. Well, if Yamashita plays a blinder, then... Then we'll all be doomed, won't we? Okay, there we go. Very good. So Linz has gone for Endo. Producer Sophie, myself and Tash Dowie have all gone for Mina Tanaka. All players from Japan in our ones to watch this time. We'll see on Wednesday. Well, I can't overtake the producers, can I? Because we're going to get the same points. But anyway, we'll we'll see where we are. Uh, thanks very much to Tash Dowie. Cheers. See you Thursday, guys. And to Lindsay Hooper. You are welcome. And don't forget to rate, follow and subscribe and share your thoughts with us on hashtag OffsideWC and at OffsideRulePod. This has been the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. Catch you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.